From WUB News, you're listening to The Outlet, where campus meets community. I'm Taylor Burnett. Each week on The Outlet, we bring you stories from Southeast Ohio. This week on The Outlet, Bobcathon makes a triumphant return after a two-year hiatus because of COVID-19. One of the great things we get to do when we're part of uh, Bobcathon and within the staff um, is that we get to go visit the house in Columbus. Um, being able to see the impact we have, being able to see the people that you know really appreciate the work that we do, works wonder. The 19-year-old candidate is running for state office against current Representative Jay Edwards. His dorm is listed uh, as his campaign address, so that's kind of interesting. These stories and more, right here on The Outlet. For the first time in two years, Ohio University's Bobcathon Dance Marathon returned to the dance floor Saturday night. Alex Porter has more on the impact of the special event. Students lined up to earth, wind, and fire, grooving their way to start off the 12-hour annual fundraiser known as Bobcathon. The dance raises money for Ronald McDonald houses throughout Central Ohio and aims to connect the Ohio University community for a good cause. This year's co-directors of the Dance Marathon, Maggie Old and Dylan Rollins, say they're excited for the first in-person event after a two-year hiatus. Being able to be back to normal this year, um, so, still of course have the masks and everything that we have, the safety protocols, but I can tell you it's a relief uh, just being able to feel like we're back a little bit to normal. So I was really, really excited to know that we were doing it in person again, that I could get involved in person again. Students have opportunities to dance in a silent disco, compete in a trivia hour, and watch the Marching 110 up close and personal. Setting up the 12-hour dance marathon isn't an easy task for Maggie Old or Dylan Rawlings, but the entire experience would give them a better award that they would tell you is better than anything materialistic. One of the great things we get to do when we're part of uh, Bobcathon and within the staff um, is that we get to go visit the house in Columbus. Um, being able to see the impact we have, being able to see the people that you know really appreciate the work that we do, works wonders. And the more than 100 students dancing the night away did make an impact, setting up continued success in the future. Maggie Old has hoped to grow that success next year. Um, next year and the years coming, we can expect more performances and more money raised and more people involved. And I think as we grow, the more kind of connections we'll bring. And I think that's something really exciting. After another successful 12 hours, the Ronald McDonald House Charities can count on Bobcathon to be annual contributors to helping families of Central Ohio. After another successful turnout, this year's Bobcathon raised nearly $73,000. And up next, we have WUB Sports Director Brian Kerb. And so, Brian, tell me, how to go for men's basketball on Tuesday night? Yeah, it was definitely a happy Tuesday for the men's basketball team as it welcomed in Central Michigan to the Convo, and Bobcats had a pretty big victory, 76-50. to And there's some history made, actually, in that game. Ben Vanderplas had just a fourth triple-double in... Ohio men's basketball history. The other two, DJ Cooper, who, you know, about 10 years ago had a triple-double, and then, as you know, Jason Preston now in the NBA, he had two of them in his career as a Bobcat. And actually, speaking of Jason Preston, he was actually in the convo last night to watch that triple-double, which, you know, that's honestly pretty cool. So obviously a big win for the Bobcats, and it was great having JP back in Athens. Fitting that Jason Preston was there for that big feat in the convo on Tuesday. And so, Ryan, what's, what do things look like going forward? What's the future look like? 
Yeah, the Bobcats are still in contention for that MAC regular season title. A huge game on Friday. Last home game at the Convo this season. It will be senior night. Bobcats welcome in Akron. Akron, I believe, is fourth or fifth place in the conference. Still barely have a shot at getting a regular season title, but at this point, I'm sure the Zips are playing just for you know a good seed in the tournament. Huge game for the Bobcats on Friday. And then two road games to close it out at Bowling Green on Tuesday. And next Saturday, they close the regular season against Northern Illinois before heading to the MAC tournament in two weeks. And honestly, you look at the Falcons and the Huskies, both of them are just fighting to get into the tournament. So even though their records aren't that good right now, they will give the Bobcats a good test uh, next week. And so the Bobcats just started their baseball season. Um, What happened in their opening weekend? Yeah, the Bobcats traveled down to South Carolina to take on USC Upstate in its opening series. And it was a good start to their season as they won the opener 9-6. to It was actually a back-and-forth game, but the Bobcats scored three runs in the ninth inning to take the 9-6 to lead, and then they ended up closing it out. So a great opening day win for the Bobcats, but from there, things went south. On Saturday, the Bobcats lost 8-2, just a tough game overall, uh, only had seven hits in the ball game. Starter Jack Libertor, fresh off a of Tommy John surgery, had a rough outing. You know, usually it's tough, you know, those first starts. But they ended up losing 8-2, and then on Sunday, the Bobcats had a chance to win the series, and they were unable to do that. They lost 14-2, and one of the stats that completely caught my eye, only one of those 14 runs was earned. So there were five Bobcat errors that led to 13 unearned runs. So a very tough defensive game for the Bobcats. And head coach Craig Moore, I talked to him preseason, and that's something that he's always been preaching He always wants solid defense, and the Bobcats were unable to get that done, so I'm sure they will be looking to improve on that uh, moving forward. Excuse me. And so what do the next few weeks upcoming look like? Yeah, the Bobcats have a few more, you know, road trips before they open up MAC play in mid-March, March March 11th to be exact, is their first home game against Northern Illinois. But looking ahead to this upcoming weekend, Bobcats have three games at Eastern Kentucky, so, you know, I hope the weather's good enough for them to play some baseball outside in Kentucky. Uh, and then after that, they play another weekend series in Evansville, Indiana. Again, another place you just got to cross your fingers with that weather. Uh, they play University of the Incarnate Word on at Friday, and they play two games with Evansville, the Evansville Aces, and then they wrap up non-conference play. This is going to be a big game against a Power 5 opponent, the Kentucky Wildcats. So obviously, Bobcats have some things to improve upon, but if they fix those things heading into back play, it should be a pretty good season for Craig Moore's group. And so Bobcats softball just started up as well. So what's the season looking like for them so far? Yeah, unfortunately, it was another tough weekend for the softball team. They only won one out of its four games over the weekend. On Friday, Bobcats opened up the season with two games at the Cardinal Classic. They played Creighton and lost 8-2 to two, and then lost 4-2 to two to New Mexico later that afternoon. And Bobcats actually got to pick up their first win of the season the following day on that Saturday against Lamar, a 7-2 victory. So things were promising there, and the Bobcats actually continued the good offense the second game on Saturday, scoring eight runs against Creighton. But unfortunately, the Jays ended up pulling out a 9-8 victory, and the Bobcats went for at least a second win on Sunday, but lost to the New Mexico Lobos 9-1. So again, another tough start for the softball team, but hey, you know, it's a long season ahead. And so what's coming up next for Bobcat softball? So yeah, like the baseball team, it's going to be a few weeks until softball team gets back to Athens. Their first home game will be March 16th against Marshall, but they got a few weekends on the road still. They play in Bowling Green, Kentucky. You know, like I said about baseball, got to watch the weather. Hopefully they get all those games in. Hopefully it's not too cold because obviously playing baseball and softball 
It can get really tough. But yes, the Bobcats have five games scheduled for this weekend. On Friday, they play Illinois State. On Friday, again, later that day, they play Western Kentucky. And then on Saturday, they play Dayton. And there's actually two to-be-determined opponents on Saturday the 26th and then Sunday the 27th. So as of now, we only know three of the five opponents. Uh, I'm sure we'll, uh, Bobcats will be playing one of those three teams a second time. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. And I'm, for, I'm looking forward to telling you about it next week's episode. And WUB forecaster Henry Groff joins us to talk about some good weather. Yeah, we're going to finally see some good weather heading into this weekend and into early next week, Taylor, because after seeing plenty of rain for the past two weeks, we're finally going to get a break because we have had our fair share of flooding here across southeast Ohio, especially here in Athens, with the Hawking River reaching minor flood stage this past Saturday. Well, first off, we will see a system move through, bringing more rain with some wintry precipitation mixing in through Friday's areas north of Athens and closer to Columbus. We'll have a higher chance of seeing some frozen precipitation, especially sleet and freezing rain, but it's not going to be significant. But after the storm system moves through southeast Ohio, an area of high pressure will dominate our weather heading into this weekend and early next week. This means that we'll see plenty of sunshine and dry conditions for the next couple days. Even though we will see lots of sunshine for this weekend, we will have to deal with some chilly weather. This is because the area of high pressure that will follow behind this storm system is coming out of Canada, which will bring in cold air. So don't put those winter coats away just yet. This cold air will not stick around for long. Looking at this weekend, Saturday will be at the coldest with highs up to the mid-40s and lows in the mid-20s. Daytime temperatures will start to increase into the upper 40s to possibly the upper 50s by the middle of next week. But overnight lows, however, will remain chilly with temps in the low 20s. Hey, regardless of the temperature, I'm happy we've got some sunshine coming. Henry, thank you so much for joining me today. And thank you for having me, Taylor. So, there's a 19-year-old running for the state legislature out of Athens. Reporter Andre Norrells tells us... So this race is between two candidates. Uh, first, Jay Edwards, who is the Republican in the race, and he is actually the incumbent. And the candidate we're mostly talking about today is Ryan Goodman, who is a Democrat. And, and the interesting part about Goodman is that he's a 19-year-old and he currently goes to Ohio University. Uh, so the primaries haven't started yet, but Edwards is the only Republican who filed for this election and Goodman is the only Democrat. So it's pretty much going to be between them. 19 years old. So this guy's living in a dorm and he's running for the state house. It's really not common for OU students to enter state house races. About the dorm thing, actually, his dorm is listed uh, as his campaign address. So that's kind of interesting. So you're right. It's not very common. Uh, but Goodman would not be the youngest to be the, a representative in Ohio. A couple of decades ago, Derek Seaver was elected to serve in the Ohio House at 18 years old. So he would have Goodman beat by one year. Also, our current U.S. Senator, Senator Brown, was elected to the legislature, and I believe he was in his early 20s. And so just tell me, why did Goodman enter the race? Um, what's his goal and what is his platform? 
So Goodman told me people reached out to him to see if he would consider running. He didn't really see himself running this young or really at all. Uh, some leadership organizations on campus contacted him. And also Goodman is doing a college tutorial with Athens Mayor Steve Patterson. And Goodman told me that Patterson asked if he would consider a career in public service. Also, a few friends who knew him uh also, a few friends who knew he was interested in politics uh, told him that he should put his name in the hat. Also, he believes every race should be contested and representatives should earn their spot in the legislature. He also noticed no one filed for this election but Edwards, and he wanted to encourage other young people to run for all races. And some of his platforms include, uh, Goodman told me that he hears people in Ohio say they want to move out of Ohio all the time. I hear that too. But he wants to create an Ohio that is open to everyone and wants to bring better jobs to the state and hopes that will help people stay in the state. And also he feels people aren't being advocated for in the district, especially young people. Whew, this is a race that we're going to have to keep our eyes on. Thank you for joining me today, Andre. Of course, Taylor. Thanks for having me. That's all we have for you this week. Thanks for joining us. The Outlet is produced each week by me, Taylor Burnett. We're edited by Atish Baidia, Aaron Payne, and David Forster. Adam Rich is our technical assistant, and our theme music is performed by Ryan Gabos. Subscribe to The Outlet on SoundCloud or Spotify, as well as Apple Podcasts. You can find us online at wub.org, and you can search up The Outlet. You can also follow along with our content at newswatch underscore wub on Twitter.